Hey everybody, welcome to Spiritual Side Note. We are back in our closet, back from our two-parter with Peter and Lindsay. Luttrell, I hope you uh, got a chance to listen to that one about Garfield Park and all that they're doing down in the Indianapolis area. Um, it is a Sunday night. We are both exhausted from the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we are both pastors at a local church, if you don't know who we are. Um, and uh, we are jumping into a conversation about what we've been learning. Um, I hope that you're regularly asking yourself this, just as you take time to reflect on your week of, you know, what is God teaching me? Or what moments have I had this week where I wasn't aware that it was a lesson or something going on that I need to learn from? Um, or that you're having a conversation with people that goes deeper than how was your day or what do you do for a job? Um, but just asking people what they're learning. Um, I think if we lose the ability to learn from really from anyone, um, then I think that pride begins to set in, um, that we think we're better than that person, that we can't learn something from everyone. So, um, yeah, I just hope that you're asking, asking this question of other people in order to learn and become more like Christ yourself. So we just wanted to have a uh, short conversation around a little bit of what we've been learning recently. Mm-hmm. So, Haley, mm-hmm. what have you been learning? I didn't know you were going to ask me that question. Wow. I'm so good at surprises. Um, I'm wanting to like categorize okay. things because I'm a verbal processor. Hey, you're so. a host on the podcast. You do what you want. Um, right. <laughs> so y'all, this will be a 12 parter. All <laughs> Haley monologuing about her insides Uh, i will see you guys in 13 weeks (laughs) so i think if i like section these parts off that i'm learning it's humility surrender Mm. which includes dying to self Mm -hmm. i think just that phrase has been really key for me okay um and contentment Mm. so humility Surrender slash dying to self in contentment. Okay. Is there one you want to dive into in particular, or do you want me to ask the question? Um, why don't you ask the question? Okay. I'm curious what dying to self means for you, like specifically kind of what that means and what you've been learning in that area. But I'm guessing what you've been learning in that area is kind of informing what it means to you. Hmm. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So dying to self. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, hard. It is. Yeah. So you asked me about dying to self, but I, I think it's hugely connected to humility. Mm-hmm. So I've been praying for humility and to learn to deny myself, pick up my cross daily and follow after Jesus. I just mm-hmm. poked my mic with my finger. Um, this thing I talk with my hands, but you can't tell that <laughs> if you don't. Well, no, we don't talk for with our hands for the people we're talking to. Like, even in person, <laughs> you're talking with your hands for yourself. Let's be real. Yeah, that's true. Actually, this weekend when I was teaching the fourth and fifth graders, I pointed at one side of the room mm-hmm. to represent something I was saying. And yep. then I pointed at the other side of the room to represent the other side I was saying. And one of the boys actually stopped me probably like a minute later. He was like, wait, 
you looked at the boys when you said, and you guys don't pay attention. <laughs> and you looked at the girls when you said, and sometimes you do. Or some, it was something along the lines we were talking about respect. Okay. Because sometimes they're fantastic at listening, specifically when other students are teaching. They do mm. phenomenal about paying attention. But it's like as soon as I get up there, it's like mom, right? Like yep. whatever. So we were just talking about respect and choosing to listen to the word of God and how the enemy likes to distract us and just different things about um, honestly just teaching normal etiquette too. Yeah. Yeah. And I apparently pointed at the boys' side of the room, which we don't section off. The boys just always sit on the right side of the room. It is so funny. It is. Yeah. And we've even tried to separate the chairs into like four different sections and then they literally like grab the chairs and morph into you. It's, <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> Hannah doesn't let them do it. I like, I'm like whatever, it's fine. Yeah. And then I realized by the end, like, oh, we're in two sections. But Hannah's like, guys, we set them up that way for a reason. I'm like, oh, that's smart. I should, I should tell them that. Let them know uh, this is that for we're doing this. Reason. Anyways, just really funny. Um, so I talk with my hands. Hence, pokes my mic. Um, Shay's trying to catch a small fly. Is it a fly? It's like There's, a gnat. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, y'all. We are all over the place. So humility and dying to self. Yep. I, um, hmm. I've been talking about this like with my accountability partner, and then Chris and Ashley Kinsey, who are on our podcast a few weeks ago now. They were over this last week on Friday, and I was talking with Ashley about it. So that helped me to put some of it into words but I since this is still so fresh inside it's really hard for me to mm. put into succinct words and then I'm a verbal processor um exactly what all this looks like so I'll try to just give you a couple examples that might in some ways honestly seem quite silly but it I sense it's a part of what um down to the roots of what's being stripped from me, which hilariously never actually feels like the roots of things. It feels like, oh, it feels like whenever my face hits the floor, I still have five inches left to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but like one of the things I've been learning about dying to myself um, in community is actually like being with people when I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. um, dying to myself is hugely removing my feelings i'm not saying feelings are not valid mm -hmm. but i am a person that is often operated out of emotion or feeling and that has hugely led me astray mm. i believe god can also give me emotions and the more i am prioritizing him first and in his word and prayer allowing the holy spirit to fill me and teach me and humble me my feelings are more apt to follow truth but I was so emotionally unhealthy for such a long period of time that if I just followed my feelings, my life was amok. Like mm. it was just, my insides were out of control. Mm. Um, and that was evident even in anxiety and fear and depression for years, like gut issues. Like my body was like, this is not, this isn't right. Something is very much wrong. Um, so as I've been lear learning about surrender and freedom, um, dying to self has been coming up a lot, which means slaying my flesh and it sucks because it hurts because I'm apt to want to do things that I feel like doing, like buying something because I feel like my life, I can't control my life. 
Um, and the what sounds crazy to me when I say that is I love where we are. I love what we're called to. But I have this like temptation to feel and believe that I wish I was called to something quote more or something else or that I'm missing what God is calling me to or am I missing what God is calling me to that I like have pressed into coping mechanisms when I feel like I can't quite figure that out and as I'm learning to surrender to the Holy Spirit those things don't throw me off quite as much and I operate in more peace or I can see those coping mechanisms pop up so part of dying to self is like removing those things and it feels so contrary to my flesh Mm -hmm. to say no to like buying something just because I feel like it and I couldn't even tell you why except that like that's an old coping mechanism to like Mm -hmm. I'll feel better for a hot second but knowing like things don't actually fill me having possessions doesn't actually make me worth more um so dying to myself is actually killing my flesh, um, spiritually speaking. That just really hurts. Yeah. Um, and another like form of that is not believing that my life exists and the people around me exist to make me feel a certain way. Because mm. when I begin to act like that or when I've acted like that in the past, even unbeknownst to me, I've pushed people away or created false realities or... Um, just believed things about myself and others that aren't true. Um, like thinking I was really good at certain things that I just wasn't that good at, or I might be okay at, but I'm not just really not good at (laughs) or not called to in wishing I was Mm. called to it. So then almost feeling offended when someone else is called to that thing. Mm. I don't know if, yeah, maybe offended, but sad. Like, oh, that should be me. No, it shouldn't. Like, I want to learn from that person. But if God is calling me to be who I am and where I'm made to be, that is who I'm called to be and where I'm called to be. And I actually don't want anything other than that because it wouldn't be living life in the fullness of life and who Jesus Christ is. So really dying to myself has looked a lot like just surrendering what I what I think I want, surrendering what I wish I had the capacity for accepting my limited capacity and my weaknesses, being okay with other people being what I wish I was so I can really accept who I actually am and really love that person. Um, Yeah, it just looks a lot like putting other people before myself and serving with joy and peace and knowing God will give me what I need and I don't have to protect myself, my time, my energy, things like that. And I'm not saying to anyone listening to this who's like, yeah, but you do have to like set boundaries and say no 100%. But doing that within the boundaries that God creates and not out of a fear, self-protection, reaction, coping mechanism of like, no, but if I do that, I'm not going to have enough energy for myself or I don't want to do that. That's not a part of my hours. Like things that are, um, me grasping onto rights because Jesus also says whoever does not renounce everything cannot be my disciple and renouncing is releasing this claim on anything a right on anything or a possession it's actually just like letting that go like I Mm. abandoning it is actually what the dictionary says abandoning so that means I have to literally abandon everything and he'll give me what I need including the boundaries that are healthy But when I'm trying to, like, have this right or this claim to, like, no, this is mine. This time is mine. That's really what it is. Mm. Boils down to, like, me wanting things in my time for me. Like, I'm a mom. I deserve this time. That's not biblical. 
I'm whoever's listening to this who needs to hear that I say that with all the love in the world that I lived that way for a long time like I need me time we we need to be in the word and alone with Jesus and to go away to pray but the Bible doesn't say go have you time um, and I think I began living like I needed me time as in my world revolved around me and like what I wanted and when I wanted it. And again, I'm not saying don't have healthy boundaries. Um, don't be like only saying yes to everyone else always, because I think God is the one that restores us and that he gives us things to do that restore us and fill us up. But when I start taking control of that is when. I start using it as a, a way for me to be about me. So dying to myself is slaying all of the things. Yeah, it just really sucks and it hurts. And it's good. Like, I'm growing a lot right now, but it really hurts. And I'm, I feel like I'm actually struggling with depression a bit in it because I can feel hopeless in it sometimes, like, just ready to go home to mm -hmm. be with Jesus because I feel like I just muck it up a lot hmm. so yeah that's kind of where i am with that where do you find um rest in that you you know you talked about it not not necessarily having me time but rest is biblical so how do you balance mm -hmm. setting aside time for rest <laughs> yeah. yeah um so i'm glad you asked that because i i want to clarify that um hilariously it's actually my mindset behind it when seeking out rest and it doesn't go the way I want it to go being okay mm. with that knowing that God is in control and he will provide the time for me to do rest in whatever way he wants me to do it knowing I can be completely dependent upon him and the thing I'm specifically thinking of with that right now is um, for the last several months of life like so Hagen just turned one I don't think I felt sleep deprived until month three. So it was around that time I just chose sleep over getting up early to be in the word. I sensed that was the season I needed to be in for rest was actually getting sleep. But a couple months ago, I just felt this like impending change in my time in the word and prioritizing that differently than I had been because I was trying to do it at night and Haley just doesn't operate well that way. Some people can study the word at night and like be fully cognizant present. I need to do it in the morning partially just to help kill my flesh and put my spirit in, in the place of like surrender and humility before. Like God. to start the day. Yeah. yeah. To prioritize and focus on him first. Yeah. Um, so this last week I was like, okay, I, it's going to start. I'm going to get up at 545 which even two years ago was not, or three years ago, it was before Athelia. I was up at 5, 5.30 most days, sometimes 4.30. Like, I'm a huge morning person. Um, so 5.45, a few years ago, would not have felt that early. Now I'm like, whoa, that's a sacrifice. <laughs> I, every day I set my alarm, the kids were either up before my alarm or right after I sat down. That was me seeking out rest, mm. to be still and calm and quiet before the Lord. In it never went the way I thought it would, not once, like in seven days. Yeah. So it's changing my attitude during that time to, okay, when Athelia wakes up, having her understand like mommy's still going to spend time in the word. We can read your Bible too, but then I'm going to finish reading the word and I can read that out loud to you. And sometimes that's what she wants 
is like her reading her Bible and me reading my Bible. So even just shifting this mindset to like, I can rest with Athalia present mm. yeah. and teaching her to learn to rest too, because she does not like being by herself. <laughs> um, or still yeah. or quiet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a part of it is just me reframing that and then giving up other things at night to go to bed early enough to try to do it again yeah. or giving up things that Haley would want to do, which is sometimes like mindless things when actually maybe I do just need to listen to a Bible study or a sermon, something that would teach me about the word. Mm. If I can't sit and read it and comprehend, mm -hmm. like still listening to it, like, um, there, um, there's a really good one I think you'd really like. Um, somebody just preached this weekend mm, at, um, yeah, I think it was Impact, at Impact Church. Yeah. yeah, so I think you should. On contentment, that. I yeah. heard. Yeah, I think that, mm -hmm. that sounds like the topic. Shay preached this week on contentment at Impact. Oh, that's right. It was me. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't get to sit in because I worked in the kids' service, both services. So I'll have to uh, check out that message sometime this week. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty but cute. It's, it's pretty that's cute. good. It's one of the things I'm learning about. So that cool. I'm really cute? <laughs> no. Oh, contentment. Contentment. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did that make so, sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. One thing I thought um, could be good just to touch on um, because of what you talked about, like you started that last week, setting your alarm at 545. Um, and Haley and I really were wondering like if we were under spiritual attack last week. Mm -hmm. um, and we we really just try to take different situations like that and um, just present them before God and be like, okay, God, maybe we're not. Maybe it is just coincidence, but maybe we are because we fully believe in the spiritual realm. Like mm -hmm. um, we do not discount that at all. And so <clears throat> Monday, I didn't get asked to preach so, for the weekend um, until Monday morning. And, uh, and, and so it almost just felt like there was this, since Monday, just felt like there mm -hmm. was this attack almost. Um, and I still don't know if it actually was or not, but, um, there was, I think something happened Monday, but every morning the kids woke up, like Haley said already, um, Tuesday night, our tree, uh, our giant, like 300 year old Catalpa tree was struck by lightning. And also the house was hit by lightning. Um, praise Jesus. Like, um, mm -hmm. only we lost one fan in our oven. Like that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and like Craziest we're all killing stuff. What? I've ever heard. That was like the craziest noise I've yeah. ever heard. Sounded like glass shattering. Yeah. Like I, I swore that, um, I, I didn't swear. Sorry. I could have guessed that a window shattered. Like mm -hmm. it sounded exactly like a window shattering. Um, but, uh, anyways, um, and then, the alternator went out on the car that same. No, it was the next day. No, because the alternator went out first. first. You're right. You're right. I was thinking it was Tuesday. Was it was lightning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Wednesday, the alternator went out in our car um, and Haley was driving somewhere nearby the office. And so she called me. She's like, I'm trying to get to the office, but the car was like shaking. Um, she got to the, to the back of the offices and like, so I looked at it, I, I jumped it, I took it to the, uh, local AutoZone and, um, and swapped out the battery. Turned out it wasn't the battery. Um, now granted it might've killed the battery anyway, but got a new battery in it and then I had to take it to the shop get the alternator fixed. Then that night was when the lightning strike hit. Um, Wednesday and hilariously, night. we were sitting outside on the front porch watching the lightning probably 30, 45 minutes before that tree actually got yeah. hit. It was not necessarily smart. We were sitting on our metal porch swing, and I was like, this doesn't feel safe. So we moved to cotton chairs. 
like a foot from mm-hmm. <laughs> the swing. And then it started pouring and our gutters were clogged and we were getting wet. So we moved inside. Yeah. So even that was just like just watching God's hand of protection. Mm. Like, yeah. anyways, yeah. I just thought that was cool. Yeah. And then I thought something else also happened later in the week. And I can't remember what it was right now. Um, but yeah, anyways, I thought so too. Yeah. There was just a couple things like that. There was just like, man, it just feels like we could be under spiritual attack. And so just in those moments, just really trying to be aware and praying and like asking God to, um, just give you what you need in those moments. Um, also to pray against, like if there is an attack from, from an enemy, just the, the power of the name of Jesus, just to declare his presence in your life. And that, um, that anything not of him doesn't have authority in, in his presence and in his name. And so, um, just praying over that. So I, I guess I just bring that up just to highlight, like we believe in spiritual warfare. We believe in a spiritual realm. We are spiritual beings. Um, and uh, we are, as someone put it, I forget who wrote this, but we are souls with a body, so to speak. Um, but yeah, that was just a unique thing that was kind of involved in that whole dying to self last week was also mm-hmm. we were battling some of these other things that, again, could have just been coincidence, but it just felt like there was enough of them that really made us wonder if mm-hmm. if there was some sort of specific attack. But mm-hmm. Anyways. Not sure if that was helpful, but no, I think it. I think it is. It's good to be aware of because um, we can present everything and let God say what He wants to say and speak against the enemy in darkness, always. Um, but it and there is something to discernment, and I. I think sometimes. I feel like it's talked about more, and I don't know if that's the church we're at now or if it's the culture of the capital C church that's changing in our country, that we're talking about the spiritual realm more. But I think it's good to touch on it because it's real and mm-hmm. it exists. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of things in our lives we just attribute to, like, oh, it's just my diet or I didn't have enough sleep or whatever. But actually, I think the enemy uses natural and normal things sometimes as attack and like in my life over the last several months I've definitely sensed that a lack of sleep a lack of rest has been part of the attack of the enemy for me because it has absolutely shattered my mind like I just have not felt present I have felt really irritable very dependent on myself and so like seeking out dependence on Jesus instead and um, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill me with his power to do all the things he calls me to do and that often looks like letting things go and then just being present and then fighting off lies and surrendering, um, taking thoughts, the taking thoughts captive and making them surrendered before Jesus. Like this week when you were gone more like prepping for different things and on top of having, um, like other events and meetings and whatnot, just the, like the, um, lie that kept circling my head that I'm like doing this alone mm-hmm. I'm so tired I can't do it things like that that are just like nope God gives me what I need Shafin is not what I need my kids are not what I need I'm not even what I need God is what I need that um was a tangible step in ushering me into these humble places of dying to myself mm-hmm. they just really suck but anyway um what are you learning a lot 
Mm. Um, so the last week, uh, because I preached on contentment, um, I just was in that world a lot, like diving into scripture and contentment's my word for the year. And um, I'm basically just going to preach like a five minute version of my message <laughs> because that's where I've been. And I feel like I just learned exponentially this week about mm-hmm. contentment. But as I dove into scripture and um, one of the passages was actually Second Corinthians ten five that um, about taking every thought captive. And I've never believed that passage more than I have this week as I really Mm. thought through this idea of being content. And part of it is the first part of the verse that I've always ever, I've always not, maybe not only, but it feels like only ever heard, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. But the first part talks about um, breaking down arguments and Mm. pretensions that set themselves up directly against God. Mm. Um, And we do that by taking our thoughts captive and submitting them and giving them obedience to Christ. So like when we have these pretensions or we have these arguments and we don't think of them as arguments, but if it's something else that is not God first, if we're idolizing, idolizing something else or we're acting selfish and we're putting ourselves before God or uh, what I was talking a lot about today was like money and wealth and the love of those things. Like when, when those things are there, we set them up against God. And, and when we submit our thoughts to God, when we take them captive and we submit them to become obedient to Christ, it can tear down the lies or the arguments of, oh, no, I need this thing or I need to do this thing or I need to feel this way um, that we submit it to God and we surrender our thoughts and let him inform our thoughts. Um because we're not going to be able to transform our own thoughts, but we actually have to let the Holy Spirit do that. As Paul writes, you know, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe that we're not the ones who are doing the transforming. We are allowing the transformation to happen because we submit our thoughts. We take them mm-hmm. captive, we give them to Jesus, and we let him transform them. And sometimes they're good thoughts. Sometimes they're the initial mm-hmm. thought is the holy thought, and it is from God, and he plants it in us. But when we submit that, he's able to be like, yep, that's me, roll with that. Or he's like, nope, that's a lie. And we just need to submit those those thoughts to him and let him put his truth and contentment in us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just... I've been learning a lot about myself in the area of contentment and how much and how often I've served wealth as my master. So in Mm -hmm. Matthew 6, when Jesus says um, you can't serve two masters, you'll either serve God or or wealth, the Aramaic word wealth is personified, Mm -hmm. um, giving giving it this illusion like wealth as a master giving orders, right? Like, um, and letting wealth dictate my decision saying, you need to do this. You need to choose that. You need to feel this way. And the mood that I'm in and the decisions that I make being dictated by a desire to have wealth or to protect the wealth and stuff that I do have. Mm. Um, and just the amount of times that I've done that or like every time, not every time, it seems like every time, um, I've heard somebody talk or preach on, you know, um, uh, shoot, First uh, Timothy six, where it says, "For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil." Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's always like, "It's not money that's evil. It's not stuff that's evil. It's the love of money and the love of stuff." But what I always do is I latch on to the, "Oh, it's not stuff that's evil, so I can have mm-hmm. stuff. I can have money. It's okay. It's okay because it's not the stuff." Um, and I never gave God the space to speak into my life to say to. I never asked the question, God, do I actually love money or mm. stuff? 
um, because I just latched onto, oh, it's not the stuff, so it's okay. I can have stuff. I don't have that much stuff comparatively, so it's okay. That doesn't matter. It's letting God speak to my heart. Of, and, and really, this week, um, you know, as I said, you know, even preaching this weekend, I was on the verge of tears multiple times this week as God convicted me over and over and over again about the, the amount of times that um, he convicted me that I have served wealth and I have loved money and stuff um, rather than submitting my thoughts to him um, as I go down those rabbit trails of wanting things or financial status or financial security, whatever, rather than submitting those things, I've just submitted to them and I've become a slave to those things. And um, it just really convicted my heart in multiple, on multiple times, um, oh my goodness, at multiple times throughout the week. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and yeah, just very repentant and just wanting a longing, having a longing for contentment and like true contentment mm-hmm. um and i've grown a lot in becoming content with my content with myself over the last year um but what i hadn't realized until diving into scripture and reflecting on last year was how discontent i've become more discontent in our stuff that it's almost like i took the discontentment towards myself and as i gained contentment in myself i took that discontentment and i forced it onto the things around mm-hmm. us because i had noticed that my complaining had increased over the last year about like our carpet or wanting a a fourth bedroom in our house or the grass being terrible in our yard. Um, It's just crispy and sandy. So we can't have a garden and the pool deck. And I really don't want to stay in the pool deck because it's big and it sounds daunting and my motorcycle not being big enough and wanting a bigger motorcycle and things like that. And so um, just truly finding genuine contentment internally that is Mm -hmm. not based off external circumstances that the external aspects and circumstances that we're in or the stuff that we have doesn't inform the internal peace and joy and contentment that I feel but it's out of the contentment that actually drives my motivation on what to do with my stuff because I can use it to advance the kingdom Mm. um so now you don't have to watch my message that's basically it that's basically huh solid Thanks. Spark notes. Thanks. Yep. You're welcome. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I've I've kind of been learning, diving mm-hmm. into this last week. But any other tangible steps with that aside from taking your thoughts captive? Mm. Or how you do that that you could tell people about? Um, the one thing I I realized was like you you just need to dwell on God. Mm. Um it doesn't feel like a different tangible step, <laughs> but but it does because um, it's replacing, right? You're like taking the thought that you would be obsessing about and replacing it with. Yeah, but I mean, like that's the same thing as taking my thoughts to Jesus and making them obe- obedient to Christ. I just feel like it's not it's not like a different thing. Like I was trying to think of a different thought, but um, one of the things I was reflecting on Philippians four eight, where it talks about you know think about whatever's true, whatever's right, whatever's mm-hmm. lovely, whatever's pure, whatever's yeah. noble. Like it goes through that list, and as I thought about the list altogether, they are all encapsulated simultaneously in the person of God, mm-hmm. and so really just dwelling on who God is, um, and kind of the bold statement. It might have been the boldest statement that I made while preaching to my recollection was I, I made the statement um, 
that I believe the difference, and we're in West Michigan, so I localized it to West Michigan, but I said the difference I feel between nominalist West Michigan Christianity and a truly devoted and engaged Christ follower is that the devoted Christ follower actually thinks about God on a regular basis. Mm. Um, whereas the nominalist, they just come to church once a week and get their quote-unquote spiritual hit for the week. And they don't think about God the rest of the week. Everything else is about their decisions and how they're doing and what they're doing and how they're going to get it done. And um, But they're not submitting. They're not thinking about God and they're not submitting their thoughts to God to inform the way that they should think and the decisions that they make and the behavior that they have and the, all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so just actually dwelling on who God is, like his character, his love, um, for us and and his efforts to chase after us that we see throughout the narrative of scripture um, yeah so actually actually thinking about God and, and just being eternally minded um, yeah first Timothy 6 uh, Paul also tells Timothy he says you know throw off all these things don't chase these things that um, essentially the religious leaders were doing to gain financial, um, to gain finances. He's like, don't, don't do those things, but chase godliness and faith and perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially he's like, chase after your character. Cause your character is what will take you into eternity. Um, mm-hmm. when you think about eternity, um, it puts into right perspective, our time here on earth. And so mm-hmm. kind of going back to Matthew six with storing up your treasures in heaven, not on earth, well, the treasures in heaven, we get to take our character. We get to take mm-hmm. our relationship with God. We get to take our relationship with other people. Like those things are eternal. And so mm-hmm. um, we can focus on those things and let our stuff or our money um, be tools to advance the kingdom. When we're eternal and kingdom focused, we can use those things to advance the kingdom. Because they, like Paul said, they are not bad, but I have loved money too much. And I want to change my mindset of, no, I want to see money as a tool to advance the kingdom because that's why that's why we're here. Yeah. So now I really have preached like my whole message. So um so before we go, say the quote from the person who tweeted the person who tweeted someone else who quoted someone. Oh, oh my goodness, this is so good, y'all. So good. Uh, so if you saw me preach, you already know what I'm about to say. Um yeah, a friend of mine, Derek Idol. Uh, shared on Facebook a tweet from some guy I don't know who quoted a different dude. So I'm like, it's like Kevin Bacon, right? Like I'm four people removed from this bro. But um, his name's Eric Reed. But he said, most of us have chosen heaven over hell, but not many of us have chosen heaven over earth. Um, and when I read that on Thursday, it stopped me like quite literally in my tracks as I was, um, as I saw that and um yeah, that is challenging, that is convicting, that is thought-provoking, um, that, yeah, a lot of us have. We've chosen um, we've chosen heaven over hell. That, that feels like an easy decision. But, man, there's a lot of things on earth we like and we want and we don't want to give up. And, um, and submitting those things and saying, no, 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 when we're eternally focused, when we're kingdom-minded, we will always choose heaven over earth. Um, because we know that this is not our home and that that is going to be so much more glorious and wonderful than we can even ask or imagine mm. um, as Philippians 3 or Ephesians 3 talks about. But Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Well, thanks, thanks. everybody for joining us. 
Uh, we hope that you are, like I said at the beginning, you are having conversations or reflecting on your own weeks. How are you growing? Um, what are you doing to grow and pursue Jesus and become more like him? Um, I hope that you are having a wonderful week and your summer is wrapping up. If you happen to be listening from the southern part of the hemisphere, I hope your winter is wrapping up well right now. Um, it's good to have you a part of the podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Okay. See ya. Hey. <laughs>